Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Well, hey you, hey me, it is I, Katie Patrick, joined today by Mr. David Fiorazzo. And before we get started, if you haven't seen the first two episodes of our brand new series, A Brief History of American Political Parties, well then you don't know what you are missing. Last week, Dr. Jake, he covered the birth of the Democrat and Republican parties. And tomorrow, he's going to be looking at the Democratic fight for a great society and civil rights. So make sure you do tune in tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Central or simply download our Freedom Project Media app and then watch the full series. Also, if you didn't know, tomorrow is election day for the midterms and we're excited to talk to you about the results. So, Wednesday, we'll be hosting our after-school election special with yours truly, Katie, Dr. Jake Jacobs, and Alex Newman. So make sure you come back Wednesday night where we'll be discussing everything that happened and pontificate about what's next for 2024. And my own shameless plug, I will have a healthy republic talking about the results as well. Yes. So get yes. ready for that to come out on Wednesday night too. It's just gonna be an entire Wednesday evening with all of us here at Freedom Project and you out there in social media land. And let's get started with it. All right, we're gonna start with the phrase forgive and forget as COVID lockdown nuts, including the head of the second largest teachers union in the country, are now gaslighting Americans by saying, yeah, you know what, we should just, just, let's just all move on and, and forget, just, just forget the last two years of draconian mandates. Just, just forget they ever happened, Dave. Can we have um, uh, this annual forgiveness? Uh, uh, you know, there's forgiveness yes. for everything now. Yes, yes. Let's so let there be forgiveness. No, no, there doesn't need to be any accountability, right? For the, the countless lives that were affected and damaged by shutdowns, lockdowns, severe policies and mandates, particularly coming from the public schools. We don't need any accountability. We can just move on now that we know the numbers didn't justify some of the measures that were taken, but I digress. So let's get to the headline. The second largest teachers union boss slammed after agreeing with pandemic amnesty plea. So here's the deal. American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten faced heavy scrutiny after publicizing her support for an article that came out last Monday, which called on its readers to declare amnesty for spreading misinformation during the COVID pandemic. That's right, it's all due to misinformation, not the results or not the decisions of the teachers unions. Um, anyway, Brown University economist Emily, I wanna say Oyster, but it is Oster, penned the article for The Atlantic, dubbed, let's declare a pandemic amnesty. And urged everyone to forgive one another for their words and actions over the virus. When they say actions, Katie, I'm wondering if it means school shutdowns. I mean, I was just reading, there were some schools, I didn't realize this, that were shut down almost for an entire year. Oh yeah. And it wasn't justified. First of all, children were least susceptible to the virus, but I digress. 
Your thoughts on the teachers' unions and this amnesty? Well, here's what's fascinating. Let's look. I mean, I suggest everyone go out and actually read Emily's article in The Atlantic. And she is an economics professor. Now, I was like, well, I read this name and it sounded very familiar. And then I remembered I've read two of this woman's books. So what's fascinating to me. Yeah. So she wrote a book about uh, basically being pregnant and what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. So it's a humorous book. No, it's, it's oh. well, yes, there is humor in it. But she, because she's an economist, she actually takes a look at what will happen. Not what should happen, what will, what will happen if you do X, Y, or Z. And she's a mom, too. So she actually looked at, okay, what does happen if you drink a coffee a day? for your pregnancy because it's like it's what are the things that you're you're said you're allowed to do when you're pregnant and what are you're not allowed to do and then like let's break down the science ultimately every one of her did conclusions, you say science by the way science mm-hmm. <laughs> what all of her conclusions did come down to well here's the basically kind of percent chance of this will happen or that'll happen you choose and in reading her article i read it like thinking of how she wrote for those books and so you can read it differently now of course though of course, Randy Weingarten and any of the teachers' unions' heads or whatever are going to read it in a way of, wait, she said amnesty, so uh, I'm going to latch onto that. Yes, yes, everyone, um, um, let's, just, let's just forget about it. Because I, Randy Weingarten, if she had a lie detector test hooked up to her and said, did you know what you were pushing out there against our children was all a big lie? Like, if, if you knew what you were doing, she would fail that test. She would absolutely be like, yep, I lied. And I lied and I lied. So she's going to grasp on anything she can get to make her basically give, be given the amnesty because she's the one who needs it. By the way, not only the, the um, shutdowns for the schools, but they were also pushing the mask mandates on young children. No, they weren't. Yes, for how many hours a day? Anyway, what's, I want to hear what Ted Cruz has to say. Go. You know, we now have emails where, where Randy Weingarten was urging the Biden administration, please shut down the schools, keep them shut down. And the Biden administration more than happy to, to dress up partisan left-wing talking points as supposed health care. The CDC more than happy to echo the political talking points that came from the teachers union bosses. You know, we saw the reaction to it in Virginia where Randy Weingarten went and campaigned for the Democrat and, and, and echoed that parents have no business saying what's taught to their kids. And that kind of arrogant, out-of-touch extremism is a big part of the reason why Virginia, which had been a blue state, elected a Republican governor. Yeah, and these and other reasons make it fascinating that we will see some results in, at the midterms or after the midterms tomorrow and see who's elected and who's not based on these policies. But this just in, Daily Wire, school closures didn't reduce the number of child COVID deaths. That is according to the data or the science. What? Yeah. I, wait, science and data? And, yes. And- we, I know we're I using say, big words for the teachers to understand, but yes. And so when we <laughs> talk, you know, and how Ted Cruz said there about we have emails, and it's almost like the internet is forever. And so, because the teachers' union is given so much money, so much money, oh, they even... can hire the people to to figure out how to spin this because that's what they're doing. And who knows what's how many more articles or op eds are going to be penned by various. Oh, professors or other educational experts in the Atlantic or, you know, all the education magazines or whatnot that will have this same tone of, you know, it's been a rough couple of years. Maybe 
let's just, let's just all move on from it and, and just kind of forget it ever happened. And, and that's what's going to happen because Randy Weingarten and Becky Pringle and all of the other teacher union folk are, uh, are going to need all the help they can get to yeah. outlive this one. By the way, there are two other words now we almost always have to include air quotes around, and that would be education and experts. All right, still to come, Harvard is now mandating the latest COVID-19 booster and flu shot and threatens to stop enrollment of any students who do not comply. Stay with us. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. David? Yes. I'm going to tell you a little story. Do. Once upon a time, there was a university called Harvard. <laughs> oh, gosh. And this university was known for its educational rigor. It, it, it produced, well, from students to adults who would, who would go on to solve all the world's problems for us because they were just that good at their job. And now that university, it is but a shell of itself. Yep. Because the SAT scores don't matter to get into the university. The ACT scores don't matter. But hey, you, if you want to attend Harvard University, you better have your booster shot for the COVID-19. Get a shot or else. Or else you're not coming to the university. Yes. So starting in January of 2023, all on-campus students must, must be vaccinated with a, or it's called the bivalent what? What? The, yes, I'll get there. The bivalent COVID-19 booster. Now, back in September, already Harvard had said that students must be compliant with all vaccine requirements in order to register for the spring term. This includes the annual flu shot as well as the bivalent or bivalent. I don't know how they're pronouncing bivalent? it. Omicron specific COVID-19 booster. Then in October, they decided to reiterate this policy and then, oh, and then, they provided an instructional video oh. from YouTube. Oh, gosh. If you're coming to campus, we are so excited to see you. Here is what you need to do within seven days of registering for a course with an on-campus presence. I know it's fast, but you can do it. Harvard University requires COVID-19 vaccinations, which include all outlined doses and one booster. You must submit proof of vaccination or medical or religious exemption documentation directly to the University Health Services patient portal. Remember, you need all vaccination doses and a booster. And thank you for taking a course with us on this world-renowned campus. And thank you for helping to keep Harvard healthy. Mm. I think it's it's benevolent booster. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they I'm are kidding. Ke- they are keeping Harvard healthy by doing this. That's right. You know, for all the money that Harvard has and their endowment, how many millions of dollars they have in that endowment? That's the that's a video quality they produce. Apparently, at Harvard, they don't care about like 
film quality. They it's the just kids a are too busy to the students. The, and... the kids are worried about about other things like getting their booster shots. Yeah, I, I guess according to this. Now the CDC does say the new booster is called the bivalent, bivalent, because it <laughs> bivalent. protects against both the original virus that causes COVID-19 and the Omicron variant BA4 and BA5. Oh my goodness. Previous that's, that's boosters awesome. are called uh, monovalent because they were designed to protect against the original virus that causes COVID-19. They also provide some protection against Omicron, but not as much as the updated boosters. So I'm guessing that's the one that the president got in the arm. Maybe if he really got it on 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 air, because apparently that's what we're doing to convince people now to get the booster. Apparently, but if you go to you go to Harvard University, you just uh, you're just going to get it right there on campus, so you can register for your classes. Yeah, and other universities will follow suit if they haven't already made that decision. Um, do you think this is going to narrow down the uh, roster, the student roles, or is it, is it, they're just going to all just comply? They will comply. Yeah. You will comply. Or else. Or else you can't learn from Harvard, which is not far from Boston Harbor. When we come back, we discuss how teachers unions are giving millions of dollars to keep lockdown Democrat governors in office. <laughs> and I introduced Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. That's next. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, -E EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. Well, as we've already indicated this episode, and you're watching us tonight, Monday night, tomorrow, tomorrow's the day where we have the midterm elections. And thankfully, thankfully, that means only one more day of political ads. Can we all get a yes, round of applause? Yes, Thank you. yes, thank God. Can, you know, if nothing else brings us together in this nation, it's the uh, hatred or despising of political ads. So I'm glad to see those go. Now, um, I do wonder if what's happening over in uh, Michigan, you know, has, has been seen all these ads against or for the Gretchen Whitmer, the current governor of Michigan. Maybe she'll win tomorrow, maybe she won't. But we do know that the two largest teachers unions in the whole wide nation here, the National Education Association and the American Federation of Teachers, they donated just a cool, you know, at least, at least $2.25 million to Put Michigan first. That's the organization. Put Michigan first. Wait a minute, Katie. Where where do they get that money? Excellent question, Dave. Yes, yes. yes. I'm, I'm curious. Are please, you curious? Please do tell. Yes. Well, first, I want to let you know that Put Michigan First is a 527 federal organization, and they back Whitmer. So, in an essence, by giving two and a quarter at least to Put Michigan First, you're putting it to Gretchen Whitmer. And uh, the group is aligned with the Democratic Governors Association. It's a political organization dedicated to supporting Democratic governors across the country. And in July, the NEA's advocacy fund gave Put Michigan First $1 million. And AFT Solidarity, a group affiliated, obviously, with the AFT, sent a total of $1.25 million to the pro-Whitmer group uh, in two separate donations in April and then in October. Wait a minute. And so... Okay. Hey, hey. I Go ahead. I What's got a your thought, question? Though. What's your thought? My thought is if, if they want to put Michigan first, why are they 
endorsing a Democrat. Ooh, ooh. Well, you know what? You should can we, go to. Is, <laughs> can we hear this endorsement? Can we can we see this? Yes, or yes, this? we can. On the other side, who's stoking up resentment, anger, and fear? Who's using kids as political pawns? Who's banning books? Who's tearing down the democracy? But you know who's on our side? You know who's the problem solvers? Governor Whitmer. Yeah, there is no question that Gretchen Whitmer is on Randy Weingarten's side because Randy gave her a million dollars to continue running and also made sure that she kept her protocols in place while we were in the middle of COVID and you saw states opening up. Then Gretchen Whitmer on the debate stage says, Michigan schools were only closed for three months. Parents across the state were shocked and horrified that she's trying to lie about what exactly happened to our kids and how far behind they still are. And then here they are lifting up the person who was forcing us to close the schools. And she thinks that's a good campaign idea. So much so that again, her lieutenant governor came out and said, we know that the key to a great education is taking care of the adults first. That's how they really <laughs> think about this. It is yeah. mind-boggling. Katie, that it, it is. Yeah, is anyone shocked or surprised that Democrats are endorsing Whitmer? I mean, Whitmer. Get it right. What was it? Huh? <laughs> yes, uh, the aggression, though, oh. out of the spirit of Randy Weingarten. Yeah, the spirit mouth. of Becky Pringle <gasps> is coming right out. It's right. Yeah, it's coming. The, the you know, they're competitors. They are competitors. So they must compete. Competitors. Well. They're well, well okay, right. friendly competitors. You know, yeah. they're they're fighting for the teachers' unions. Which ones they they're going to belong to? Either way. Well, which Democrat socialist do you want? Do you to want have more to control yeah, over your you kids in the schools? So, so Tudor Dixon there, who is the rival to Gretchen. What was her name again? Gretchen Whitmer. Whit Whitmer. 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 To Gretchen Whitmer. I, I, Tudor Dixon going on Fox News and just speaking common sense again. Uh, let's see if it helps or hurts her in the uh, the election. But what we do know is that uh, the teachers unions are all about the money, whether they're getting it from you and then not giving it to your children. Yeah, where do but they get that it money from again? you and then giving it to yeah. the politicians? That's <laughs> we. I said earlier that the amount was at least, and I say at least because. That's just what the group had given to put Michigan first, which is enough, just one organization. They could have given more to the Whitner, bleh, Whitmer campaign and other groups. So just at least $2.25 million are coming from the teachers' unions. And uh, put Michigan first actually also received $10.7 million from the Democratic Governors Association, $2 million from former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg, and $100,000 from the 1630 Fund, which is a progressive nonprofit organization. So put Michigan first is really all about getting the money from everywhere else and then giving, giving it, it to, to Democrats. Giving so, it to Gretchen yeah. Weber. Put Michigan first, really, you can break that down as meaning we are going to give the most money possible to our Democratic candidates. So that's what they mean by put Michigan first. They're not really put, putting the people first in Michigan and many state, blue states like that. They want to put the Democrat candidates first and then whatever happens to the people. It doesn't matter where the money goes, right? Well, we'll see what happens Tomorrow. with it. All right. Well, we already know that college campuses are dominated by left-wing professors and thinking, but now a new study finds that nearly 100% almost, uh, 96 to be exact, uh, of Ivy League political donations are actually going to none other than the Democrats. We're going to talk about that one next. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment for Katie, David, or any of our other show hosts, 
simply visit stayeducated.org. That's stayeducated.org and submit your question or comment. Our team loves to hear from you and might just give you a shout out on air. Again, visit stayeducated.org and connect with us. So it's true that 96% of Ivy League political donations go to, drumroll please, Democrats. That's right. And the teachers unions and the university professors, they have endorsed every Democrat presidential candidate since, I believe, Jimmy Carter, if not before. So they are all in for the Democrat Party. So I was surprised, Katie, I don't know what's going on with this 4%, <laughs> uh, the 4% of the people, but the that's not a surprising analysis here that only 4% went to Republicans, but federal Democrat candidates and groups received 96% of total donations from Ivy League professors. I would think across the country, outside of the Ivy League, it would be between 85 and 95%. That's just a guess. But here in the Ivy, it's 96. Um, and that's for the 2022 midterm elections tomorrow, um, according to College Fix. Now, faculty members from the eight universities gave approximately almost $2.5 million. Didn't we hear that figure in the last story? 2.5 million? Well, at least 2.2 2 million. Okay. Yeah. Wow, all to, the money. Uh, wow, so much I money. Know, what could we cabinets. do with that money if we just didn't give it to the politicians to put those political ads that we all hate out there. Yeah, and again, what can we, do with it? we asked about the teachers' unions. We should ask the same question about the Ivy League universities. <laughs> where does that money come from? This is a great question. You yes. know, we do know where the Ivy Leagues are primarily located. Pick a coast, any coast. Just don't pick anywhere in the middle of the country. The <laughs> Ivy Leagues are doing what all the coasts are going to do. Mm -hmm. So is it shocking that it's 96%? Absolutely shocking. not. Is it shocking that it's almost two and a half mil? <sighs> I would actually think it's higher because those Ivy Leaguers are Ivy Leaguers forever, you know, stick together. Although a lot of the Ivy Leaguers now, the most recent grads, probably gave nothing since their degrees that they're getting at these universities are no longer worth anything. So Can, can we just mention almost $2.5 million to Democrat, socialist candidates, and Marxists, but $112,000 professors gave to Republican candidates from the yay! Two, almost $2.5 million, $112,000. Well, that is That's interesting. perspective, isn't it? In, in 112,000. I'd like to see what those professors are teaching at these. Because, <laughs> okay, we like to sum, you know, lump them all together and say, oh, professors are all way left, which, yes, mm, they kind of are. Yep. But of the ones who aren't way left, what, what are they teaching the students and where can I sign up for their classes? Because yeah. maybe you'll actually learn something that is about maybe, I don't know, the content area of what the class is supposed to be. But I digress on that one. Now, uh, this percentage breakdown, we've seen it all over the place. What's fascinating to me um, is when you take a look actually at which of the universities, because we have eight of them, we have Princeton donating uh, just under $176,000 to the Democrat organizations, Harvard, is the one donating nearly a half million, all those professors at Harvard. Wait a minute, how many? How much to Republicans then at Harvard? Oh, at Harvard, um, $8,600. 8,000. 8,600, 8, 8, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dartmouth didn't have a single Republican donor. Oh. Uh, 
but they had an independent because it's it's Dartmouth. They're, that's what they're doing over in Dartmouth. Uh, Columbia had the highest amount of political donations and the highest amount of Democrat and Republican donations. Uh, Democratic donations comprised nearly 87% of political donations to Columbia. Republicans received barely 10%. And we're talking $520,000 went to Democrats from the Columbia uh, professors. So, okay. fascinating. Just want to clarify one simple thing, and that is a majority of contributions to these Democrats um, went through the Act Blue fundraising platform or portal. So it's not clear who actually receives the money, but... Remember, Black Lives Matter used mm-hmm. Act Blue fundraising, and they, Black Lives Matter, Global Network Foundation, Marxist Driven, is uh, they raised $80 million in donations, and one of the co founders bought a 60, I'm sorry, $6 million mansion. Um, so the money comes in, Act Blue uses it, it just funnels it out to uh, leftist organizations. So that's how this works. All right. Well, just a reminder in case you didn't get it enough times throughout the show, tomorrow is election day. So go vote. Mm-hmm. Vote, please. Biblical values. And then after you're done voting, hey, celebrate. With Dr. J. With Dr. Jake by watching his brand new series entitled A Brief History of American Political Parties. Yes. And again, tomorrow night, Dr. Jake is kicking off part three at 7 p.m. Central. Also, I mean, since you're here now, if you could just, you know, smash that like button if you're watching us on the social media, please then after that. Maybe send us your feedback at stayeducated.org. We want to know what you're thinking about on pretty much anything. Until we meet again, for David and myself, thank you for watching, thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting what we do. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2022.